What do you call it when someone beats you up and takes you to the hospital and says, I made you better? Uh, look, gaslighting? Look, I, 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 paid, I paid for your hospital bills. You don't know what... Do we, uh, is there a word for that? Love is love. Love is love. That's true. Hey. Abuse? <laughs> hey, y'all. Welcome to the Sunday special. Pastor Toby, Chalk Knocks. I'm the water boy. And we got Priscilla Giddings in the studio. She's a... She's a Guys. politician in Idaho. Whoop, whoop. And a yep. pilot. And former pilot. Guys, there's there's a lady in the room, so come on. I will. And I'm wondering how we keep getting politicians to come back on this show. I, know. I just I know. No one ever showed you what politicians go through on this show, did they? No one ever told you. Okay. Did you, oh, are you serious? Oh, no. Oh, you did just, you ever watch our show? Did you ever hear about our show with uh, Governor Brad Little? And I did not. Tommy Alquist. <laughs> that's, that's how we got her. There you go. She, she didn't know about that. There you that. go. She that, didn't know about that. That explains okay. a lot to me. This, so that, she's going to be Googling after this. I know. She's like, we'll just start. Sorry. Yeah. Her, her campaign manager's over there already. Like, <laughs> He's like on YouTube like, what yeah. happened? My bad, Priscilla. I should have done the homework before. You done messed up, A.A. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you guys, we can't wait for Tennessee. I'm so I'm just I'm just giddy. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited yep. about it as it's coming up. We're yeah. like putting the conference brochure together. We're yeah. starting. Get your to, shirt on already. I got I got my conference, conference shirt. shirt. Molotov family. Yes, it's the ex- family is powerful. Yes, look at the little Faith. flames. You see the little flames. Yeah, and when you sign up for the conference, you can actually sign up to buy the. Pre-order the T-shirt, so and we'll get, bring so it to that the you don't get to the conference and they're and all they're sold all gone. up. They're all gone, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, okay, you guys ready? We're gonna announce the the next SWAT talk. Actually, we got a recap here. Real yeah, quick. we are. But yep, all, okay. all the all the talks are actually on the website now. They finally you can find them if yeah. you want. If you if you want to if you want to find out now. All thirty speakers. Yeah, Ooh, it's crazy. Thirty? How many there? Apology. There's um actually it's probably like 31, 32. Wow. What conference yeah. has thirty two speakers? All right, so. Start the drum roll. Uh, Remember, we got beer and psalms Thursday night. Okay. And an after party with Darren Darren Doan. We're still working out details. We're going to party with Darren afterwards. We We, don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be What else do we got? We got um, David Bonson. Yeah. Punk rock. rock, Home economics. Home economics. You just have to keep doing it. Just keep doing it. it. Vody Bauckham, critical sex theory. Yeah. How to keep Freud and Marx out of your bedroom. That's right. That's, oh, that's worth the price of admission yeah, right, right there. there. Doug Wilson yeah. on gay pulpits. <laughs> Homosexuality, feminism, and unfaithful kids. Yep. Ouch. Ouch. Mm-hmm. The I'm unfaithful do- kids the, the hardest and one. On. Yeah. I'm doing Molotov monogamy. Yeah. That's Molotov where, that's family. We, right? That's where the shirt comes Faith, from. Faithfulness to covenant marriage vows is explosive. Yeah. It changes the world. It does. Um, who did I miss? Doug Tenaple, yeah. Sex Doug Lies and the Prophetic Poet. Yep. The, the creator of Earthworm Jim. I love the fact that He's he created sp- Earthworm Jim. Oh, third right, yeah. time is obviously not the charm. Okay, here, okay. We go. here we go. Fourth time. Uh, Sheologians, yep. Summer, Joy, and Nancy Wilson talking diapers, dishes, and dominion. Yep. Yep. That's, That's fun. a Saturday morning. That's yep. a fun Who one. else we got? I think it's me. Do we, do we announce the podcast? No, 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 no. podcast. Podcast. Tom Price, Glenn Sunshine, C.R. Wiley, yep. joined by Dr. George that Grant. That was going to be straight oh, fire. Chick-fil-A good. on that. Uh, the right. title, wait, the title of that. Hang on. I think I have the title from that. They finally get they, you a title? Uh, they gave me a title. It's it's competing with uh, yours, too. No. How Gnosticism has destroyed sex. No. Yeah. No. That's <laughs> no. serious. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's the title oh, they gave oh, me. And don't forget. Don't forget. But it's going to be good. Dennis Sarfati, yep. Zach Lagenschlager, yep. and... Yep. Who's Rob. That? Oh, Rob <laughs> Sense. Rob Sense. Yeah. You were doing so good. I know, I was. Yeah. Well, the drum roll stopped and I lost my okay, rhythm. I don't know why I'm not. And announcing the newest one is 
Chocolate Knox. Yep. And Gary Demar. Yep. And Jason Farley. Jason Farley doing what? Sexual Gnosticism and Christian humanism. Yep. Oh man. Yep. That's what we're gonna do. That's and good, like, man. All these things are going Saturday morning. Like you don't you're like you're gonna be torn where to go, but don't worry, we're recording all of them. Yep. For I don't like what later. the podcast guys are doing. I'm gonna have to smoke them jokers. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's competitive. Make, sure, make sure you don't put us up against each other. One versus the other. I'm gonna go in first. I'm gonna I, go first. I, don't so I can know get on of another Christian conference that's like doing this. Yeah, but this uh, is like, unique. I mean, Baron Psalms. All these talks. We're we're ending the whole conference with a live show with. Uh, Vody Bakum and Doug Wilson. Yep. yep. Um, and oh, that's right. And it's been years yeah. since we actually that, had those two gonna together. Be, that's going to be rowdy. And yeah. then we have a, a family style Sabbath feast Saturday night where we just have a big dinner together. Bunch we of food hang trucks pull up and yep. uh, and we party because we want to fight, laugh, and feast with you. So register. And Remember, if you're a club member, yep. you get a hundred dollars off your yep. registration. Yep. So so join Dripology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dripology. Yes, and, Dripology. And also make sure you sign up for our magazine. Our next issue is going to be coming out uh, September October. And it's on Defying Tyrants. Ooh. So it's kind of yep. based a little bit off what we did at our rally in South Dakota. But yep. it's a, it's a, we need a theology yeah. of how to think through when our leaders go crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. When our leaders think a man can be a woman. Yeah. When mm-hmm. our leaders think that economics is when they th- they, they can, <laughs> socialism. They can command yep. you to put foreign substances in your body. Yep. Yep. Like um, vaccines. Hey, this show is brought to you by Dime Payments. I'm excited to let you I know love about one. our new partnership with Dime Payments. Dime Payments is a Christian-owned processing payment business. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, look at that slide. That's great. Every yep. business needs a payment processing system. So you go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF, Fight, Laugh, Feast, and sign your business up. Working with them supports us, mm-hmm. and they won't cancel you for being Christian, for being n- not woke, like mm-hmm. Stripe canceled President Trump. They won't mm-hmm. cancel you like MailChimp canceled the Babylon Bee. Check mm-hmm. them out. At least have a phone call. Tell them the cross politics <laughs> sense you. Go to dimepayments.com forward slash FLF. I'm, I'm just excited about that one. So... um What's the video that's coming up? Tucker. Oh, yeah, it's the Tucker. The Tucker video. I got lost in my notes. You get so excited about uh, Dime. Look at you. I was so excited See? about your, your your show at the conference, your, your, your seminar with sexual, Gary DeMar. Yeah, was, sexual narcissism yeah, yeah, and Christian humanism. I'm so excited about All right, that. Can, can, can we get to the All news? Because right. that's where I'm going. So you guys remember uh, this last year There was a kidnapping Michigan, attempt of Governor Whitmer. Some sort of kidnapping attempt. you can kind of understand. But, but... <laughs> <laughs> Did you really just go there? Okay. It's, it's, it was terrible. It's awful. You shouldn't do that. I'm, I'm a pastor. You don't kidnap Yeah, don't governors. kidnap people. You but, could, you, you know. but dude, the do you remember, she, do you remember what she down. did during COVID? Yeah, the way yeah. she, I mean, you she took make, everybody's business. You make crazy people She kidnapped crazy. everybody's business. But so. it turns out it was the FBI. We're learning much more about the FBI's involvement in another alleged act of domestic terrorism. That would be the plot last year to kidnap the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, prominent Democrats at the time, very much including Whitmer herself, blamed Trump for this alleged plan. So what was the plan? (laughs) Well, BuzzFeed, of all places, (laughs) has just confirmed that the FBI had a, quote, hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. In other words, the FBI helped plan it. One FBI informant organized meetings to kidnap the governor. Another informant, quote, prodded the alleged mastermind of the kidnapping plot to advance his plan. And texts from an FBI agent directed an informant to draw people into the conspiracy. In the end, it looks like there were more FBI snitches, informants, people working with the FBI involved in the plot than weren't. It was an FBI plot. (laughs) So what does this suggest about January 6th? Before you dismiss it as a conspiracy theory, we know there were FBI informants in the crowd. We know it for certain. 
We'll have a lot more on that tomorrow night. Why can't we know their involvement in January 6th now that we're getting a sense of their involvement in this fake kidnapping plot? Um, yeah, we gonna talk about this. But other than that, everything's going fine. Everything's in our country. great. Everything's yeah. going great. The FBI. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of a sudden, I see now like why they weren't so much helping out Trump with stuff, and I yeah, see that yeah. there's, there's some kind of corrupt, kind of corrupt. Yeah. I mean, how? I mean, and we don't even know how corrupt it is. Well, and and it's interesting. I'm listening to the language of Tucker, and he's saying informants, informants, and so I'm wondering, like, okay, is this a way for them? You know, parliamentary tricks and certain sort of polit- political moves can make it seem like. Um, that they're not involved by using like formants, informants, right? Yeah, right? right? So they can say, hey, these yeah. guys were operating separate from us. I Independently, we yeah. weren't engaged uh-huh. in the situation. Mm-hmm. That was them over there. So they got plausible deniability, which right. kind of can bother me. But if you don't know what your informants are doing, then how good are you at, are you at your job anyway? Right. So if that becomes the rhetoric and the talk that they begin to use, I'm wondering, is the FBI even capable of knowing anything if they don't know what their informants are doing in the well, situation? I think the the concern, though, is that they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. The concern may be that there's, there's, you know, it runs all the way up in various ways. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that there's a centralized conspiracy. It could be multiple people. You could separate. have multiple heads running things, and I think there's probably a decent chance that there's more people know what they're doing than not. Well, you know, um, you but, know here's the good news. Nancy Pelosi is on top of it. Oh, is she? She's, she's oh, got oh, the council she, put together. Oh, oh she's going to take she's care gonna of it. Have, she's going to have People care. are going to answer questions, dog nabbit. Okay. Nancy's going to get to the bottom of it. Speaking speaking of Nancy, um, she's wanting to basically kind of make abortion infrastructure. Well, I, I think uh, infrastructure. I think they, I think they've all been treating like How, infrastructure what for are a you, while. You, you're not building; you're destroying. What are you talking about? Well, she's. Um, <laughs> they want to take Medicare and s- slip it into the infrastructure bill, so it's kind of embedded. Oh, it's been in, in there infrastructure. for a while, bro. It, it's been, yeah. But, but what they're doing now is they're trying to get funding from Medicare back into the abortion. Right. They're trying to use right, right. Medicare for mm-hmm. funding abortions. The reasons why to have it overturned? Because it's an issue of health of many women in America, especially those uh, in uh, uh, lower income situations and in uh, different states. And uh, it is something that has been a priority for many of us a long time uh, as a Devout Catholic and mother of five in mm. six years. Mm. Uh, I uh, years. feel that God blessed my husband and me with our beautiful family, five children, six years almost to the day. But that may not be what we should. It's not up to me to de- dictate that that's what other people should do. And it, it's an issue of, of fairness and uh, justice for poor women in, oh. in our country. Oh. oh, to kill their babies. Oh, Priscilla, what do you what do you think about this? The politician in me wants to correct you because you said Medicare and it's really Medicaid. Medicare is for old women. Like okay, her. Medicaid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, you'll make a great lieutenant governor. <laughs> that's why you're here, Priscilla, to correct us. Go ahead, though. As far as sorry, that's less. less no. No. no, 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 no. <laughs> we told you to correct us <laughs> before the show started. We did. We did. We told you. But is this? I mean, is this standard operating procedures? I mean, as far as like. Um, including in an infrastructure bill, uh, new language that overturns previous laws that now would allow for Medicaid funding of abortions. At the federal level, absolutely. Here in Idaho, though, thankfully, each piece of legislation can only be on one subject, so you can't add all that stuff Mm. into it. So they can't do big pork bills here in Idaho like they can federally. Well, we'd still have a lot of pork, but they don't add it to lots of other bills. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting. Um, I've, do you think that we care about abortion here in Idaho the way that we should? 
Uh, that's a deep question. Yeah. So care about it? Absolutely. I would say guns and babies are the things that Idahoans care about the most, hmm. bar none. But when you get into, you know, the devils in the details and when you get into the details of, you know, is life conception or should we kick that down the road and now say, let's support the heartbeat bill? Is life at a heartbeat? And so everybody supports the heartbeat bill, but what we just did was changed our law from conception to heartbeat. So do you see there's yeah. there's some devil in the details there? Yeah, right. it seems like we're willing to make laws so that the federal government doesn't come and take our guns, but we won't make any laws to protect the human life, right? So we've kind of, so I'm wondering like where, where are our priorities at? So if <laughs> you, you do know you need guns so they can protect human beings, right? Like that's what they're for so shouldn't human protection be at the priority of what we do and it seems like we're willing to put the that in kind of reverse order yeah it's for what are we as a state willing to literally take a stand for mm-hmm. and and give up our own life fighting for guns are number one but yeah. i think you know there's there's a growing demand to just end abortion you know let's push back if if you can push back against the federal government when it comes to marijuana why can't we push back right. when it comes to saving babies? Right. Yeah, Sounds like absolutely. you listened to our Brad Little show. No. <laughs> that, was, that was one of our she arguments. She wouldn't have been here had she listened to the Brad Little show. <laughs> no, but we for, gave that argument. Well, but I mean, the, 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 you know, the leftists, the progressives, you know, they've been doing this with you know, illegal immigrants. You know, we got sanctuary cities. Hey, yeah. we don't care what the federal law is. They're safe here in our city. Yeah. Stay out, feds. And, like, they care about their issues frequently a lot more than conservatives care about theirs. You I mean, why, why do we not have sanctuary cities for the unborn? Why do we not have sanctuary states for the unborn and say, come on, feds, come and get us? Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, you know, it doesn't mean you have to, it has to come to war, but it's like, you know, at least force them to force us to go back to killing our babies. Well, because, like, we're not going to. Well, because we're no better than our forefathers who insti- in- instituted slavery. That's why. Yeah. That's yeah. why we, we still have that mentality. We don't understand all of that and so we still have that mentality in us and so we we don't get it when we want so much the social justice movement is pushing us so much on the issues of slavery we're doing everything bypassing the standard of doing actual legislation so that we can implement that we're not racist like them and then in this part we're just failing i want to say one thing about this clip with nancy pelosi she is Margaret Singer should be you should have heard dog whistling throughout that the eugenics of Margaret Margaret Singer was yes. throughout that whole clip the fact that yep. she is saying that poor people the, the founder of Planned Parenthood yeah the founder of Planned is, Parenthood is Margaret Singer she's dog whistling to a eugenics idea that I mean, says you poor people let's get rid of them out of our lines let's which, make is, sure which that, is code generally for minorities right right we're talking about low income neighborhoods whatever what I mean it's like and it's not even I mean right now that code is gone yeah. because the abortion rate in black communities three times more than that right. so I don't know why they're not championing or a uh, champion and campaigning that listen guys we are helping all these black people they're having three times more abortions than anybody else why isn't that their rhetoric out front <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a little, it's a little uh, soft pedal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure it's for them, right? <laughs> to have as big of a family as I've been blessed right, with. Exactly. Wouldn't it be great to Rich. have less black people in America? That's what she's saying. Yeah. yeah, it would be pretty powerful to do like a real press conference where you're doing that. You're just, you're just. I'm just, <laughs> just. I'm just for abortion, and I'm so glad we've helped black people kill, you know, a third of their children right. over the last for 40 real. years. I, yeah. Why not say, and, hey, I'm right. so you know, proud of it. Yeah. I mean, because they're they're so poor. It's justice. And they can't it's take justice. care of their 
they you know, can't I, even get yeah. IDs. I mean, they can't get voter, voter ideas. IDs, exactly. So. <laughs> so, and they only make up thirteen to fourteen percent of America. And guys, we are killing them off like nobody's business. <laughs> I'm telling you, they are having abortions three times the rate of the white people. For real. Way so, to go, Margaret Singer and racism. Yeah. So <laughs> before we before we go here, I want I want to hit this last topic yeah. before we turn. Yeah. We'll get back to abortion probably later on in the show yeah, too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, Joe Biden. So first off, the White House is talking about maybe. Um, forcing some or passing some sort of national mass mandate now with the new COVID Delta variant and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> well, well, good news. You, the churches are already ready to lay down and take it. Yeah, they're already <laughs> been an They've over been practicing for, it. for the last um, year. But if you remember this last year that, uh, you know, states, our state shut down business. Right. Like they had the non-essential, the central oh, she non-essential knows. categories. She she knows. Knows. Our governor. Priscilla? Yeah. Priscilla? <laughs> our governor. Priscilla, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and, and as part of that, the government started doing these PPP loans and all this stuff. Well, I got this, this, this crazy clip from Biden talking about this junk. The entire industry, amongst other industries, continue to struggle to find employees. How do you and the Biden administration plan to incentivize those that haven't returned to work yet? Hiring is our top priority right now. The thing we did to help John and the Johns out is provide billions of dollars to make sure they could stay open. <laughs> Number one. So you all contributed to making sure John could stay in business. And we should. We should have done that, as we did for other industries. But secondly, John, my guess is that um, people being seven, eight dollars an hour plus tips, that uh, that's I think, John, you're going to be finding 15 bucks an hour or more now. Oh, what's wrong that, with you? People? That is just crazy. Why are they cheering? So John is this this small business owner, restaurant guy. Yeah. He, he actually represents a group of restaurants trying to find employees, which right. is a, which is a nationwide problem right now. Because the you, government incentivized people to stay home, they got, paid them unemployment payments. Yep. and um, and for many of them, you know, so restricted and limited how they could be open if they could be open at all. Yeah. Only uh, do takeout. Yeah, right, or whatever, you know? or you know, you can have three chairs in there. And they have to be, you know, Three chair fifteen rule. feet. But apart. once you're sitting down, the COVID doesn't get you. Right, shut up. Doesn't, doesn't get you. Um, but but this is like this is like classic abuse abuser language. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know the abuser hits you, punches you, kicks yeah. you, and then says, "Oh, did that? Here, let me help you. Here, yeah. I'll put a bandaid on you." Yeah. It's it's, it's like it's actually it's um you know it's this absolute like. Um, uh, manipulative uh, emotional and physical abuse and you have the government saying shut down you're unessential you can't provide for your families we run your business and then here here's some money yeah um, you know or you know mm. beating you up and then saying hey we'll take you to the doctor hey w- mm. wasn't that good clap yeah clap. right we took right. you to the, I took I beat you and I took you to the hospital mm-hmm. and then saying and then he has the audacity to say you're not paying him enough yeah I know well and there's a, there's after the government has been paying oh, them man. More than, yeah. than minimum, many minimum wages in many states. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the little places where at least some conservatives pushed back when they were trying to get this most recent um, bill passed. Some of them were like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't have that minimum that federal unemployment yeah. level so high right. because maybe ma- many states don't pay that minimum wage." Um, and there you are putting them in a hard, hard spot. And it's like he thinks that money just grows on trees. Do, I'm, I'm going to give you the closing words. Go ahead. 
I just want to know how much they paid the clappers in the background. <laughs> bars, an hour? bars. That's a good point. You know, th- yeah. there's one Plus th- tips. There's, Plus a, tips. there's a quote that's attributed to Harriet Tubman that says, "I could have freed more slaves if they only would have known that they were slaves." Yeah, mm. and that's, that's that that comment. Yeah. I don't. I think the problem here is not that. Yeah. Um, Biden is answering the question. The problem here is that John is even taking the question to Biden. I know. He doesn't even what, know. What is the government going to do about my job problem? He doesn't even know what kind of predicament he's in. Yeah, right. And he's going to Joe Biden to ask him, what are you going to do to make sure that I have more employees? Yeah. You know, but you know. What are you going to do to get the heck out of my business so I can hire the people I want to hire yeah. and close when I want to yeah. close and allow how many chairs I want to be together yeah. in my restaurant? That's well, what I want to know. Well, you know those child tax tax. Credits, credits, yeah. credits that are coming. Those are chains, people. Those and are chains. That's right. They're and you'll hooks. be acting like John too if you're not careful. More yeah. cross politics coming up next with Priscilla Giddings. My name is Jamie Piles. I joined Samaritan in December of 1996, so I'm coming up on 24 years. When people ask me, "Does it really work?" I say, "Oh, it works fantastic. I send my money to somebody every month." But we had a need with my wife. Uh, was it spent a little bit of time in the hospital about three months ago, and so I had, I had a checklist with about 39 names on it, and 39 checks came in. Some of the cards, some of the things people had to say, it was amazing to watch. Let me give you this picture, because I don't think we think enough of sex. One of the things we have to do is we have to think like Christians, and we have to think like Christians in every area. You can't simply have a piecemeal approach this we have to have a biblical worldview across the board across the board the sexual union between a man and his wife is a living breathing awe-inspiring expression of the ecstasy of the union that the church awaits People are the most valuable resource in the universe. Oh, look at you. I kept quiet. Because <laughs> there's a lady present. I kept quiet. Yeah. Sometimes he does like a Texas holler thing and it's yeah. kind of embarrassing for I can't, all of us. I can't wait for our third segment though. Oh, We're yeah. going to bring out some Haitian rum. Oh. Hey, welcome back to Cross Politic on the one and only Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Have you registered for the conference yet? I mean, you heard that Knox is going to be talking with Gary DeMar. And Jason the Farley. Godfather. Yes. Uncle Joseph, Gary. Uncle Gary and Jason Farley. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, with the sexual um, so, sexual Gnosticism mm. and Christian humanism, which is something we've forgotten. Christians have forgotten. Right, so, okay, save it. Okay, save yeah, it. You're right. No, you're right. <laughs> Register right. for the conference. So you got to be there. you got to be there. Hey, Tennessee. This segment is brought to you by Classical Conversations. They've been with us from Jump, one yeah. of our Day key ones. sponsors. Um, but in particular, we want to give them a shout-out because speaking of uh, needing jobs. workers and jobs, minimum wage. They got ten job openings. I'm pretty Message. sure they pay you better than minimum wage. I don't and know. And they asking <laughs> Joe Biden if it's okay. What he gonna do about hiring? At the very mm. least, we know Robert Borton's. He's a rugby player, former yes. rugby player. He don't care about yeah, Uncle Joe Uncle Joe telling him what he can do. <laughs> but what, what's Daddy gonna Joe. happen is 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 if he hires you, you're gonna have a fair contract. That's right. That's between you and classical yeah. conversation. That has nothing to do with it. The government's not going to be in the middle of that. That's, That's right. right. Well. Go to cchomeoffice.com forward slash jobs dash two. Dash two. 
We don't know what that, too, is about. But they've got 10 job openings. Say that again. Check them out. <laughs> cchomeoffice.com yeah. forward slash jobs dash two. Find out if you can help CC uh, Classical Conversations. And, and if you tell them CrossPolitik came to you uh, and, and they hire you, then you should tell them that CrossPolitik gets like a... a <laughs> A headhunter. Oh, so you're turning into the government. Like <laughs> okay, I see how well, it is. We get, like, we get like a headhunter fee okay. or something. You know? <laughs> with us, we have Miss Priscilla Giddings. We're so grateful to have you with us. Yes. Just hanging out, all just polite and dignified over there. Yeah. Taking it all in. Yeah, right. <laughs> Question her life decisions. She's sizing it up right now. Why <laughs> am I here? My campaign manager got fired in the last segment, so... <laughs> Raised on a ranch in White Bird, Idaho, which is mm. a beautiful spot. If you've ever driven wow. north south on the Highway 95, I mean, you go through White Bird Canyon and you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. I mean, you don't want to be calling a big trailer up that, that grade. grade. Yeah. You can help it. Or but, down. But or it, down. But it's a beautiful spot. Uh, that's where you were raised. That's where you still live? Yes. Okay. And uh, graduated student body president, valedictorian of Salmon River High in Riggins. Graduating oh. class of 19. There were 19 of us. Wow. Yeah, I had 17 in my class. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Uh, BS in biology. I, w- I was not top of that class at we all. Know. This <laughs> interview There's only 17. It could have been easier. <laughs> but I'm... Uh, oh, we know, Gabe. You don't, you don't have to... <laughs> we're not interviewing you, Gabe. So I was born in Texas, <laughs> and then I'm... Uh, <laughs> yeah. BS in biology from the United States Air Force Academy, NCAA Ooh. Division One athlete doing what? Thrower. Shot put. Hammer. Shot put. Oh. Yeah. Were there all girls in your... All girls? Yeah, yeah. Or is it, were there boys in there, too? Because, you know, that's a new thing. I don't know if they were doing that. Like real there. girls. Yeah, did you know that? <laughs> uh, sensitive subject. Okay. <laughs> okay. Also an MS in physiology from California University of Pennsylvania. That university is a little confused. But um, civilian, commercial, corporate, contract, pilot, and public speaker. Currently serving as a major in the Air Force Reserves as Idaho State Director of Admissions for the Air Force Academy and ROTC. Served nine years active duty, including three combat deployments. Accumulated 1,000 combat flight hours. Awarded Top Gun as A-10 fighter pilot. Author of the book Curiously Strong, a female fighter pilot's story of developing strength. Idaho's 2018 Outstanding Woman Veteran Award. Married to Matt, daughter Hannah. Currently serving uh, your first term as a representative for District 7. Third term, oh. and there's also a Gwendolyn in there, two and three it, years old. It, wow. Okay. Gwendolyn. There we go. There's our, there's our bio out of date. So you baptized your babies? Are you baptized? That's an important question for us on the show. Well, yeah. my yeah. husband is Lutheran, so yes. Oh! Baptize your kids if you have children. There we go. There we go. She's like, where is this? What are we doing? We're talking about baptism. And politics of sex? What is going on? But, guys, she has announced that she is running for lieutenant governor. Does Janice McGeehan know? Just one. Janice is running for governor now. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's all right. right. Okay, so this is a baton pass that we'll be doing. They're, they're okay. Absolutely. Take okay. over Idaho. So, all right. um, you got a really interesting background here. And how? I mean, why? I mean, look. Sounds like you've got a, you know, perfectly good life in Whitebird, Idaho. Why in the world would you get into politics? The tidal wave is coming. It's time to stand up and push back and fight for our individual God-given rights. And when you look at the amount of money that's flooding into Idaho, the progressive agenda, right now our legislature is broken. This year we had 125 solid conservative bills not even allowed to go through the process. 125? 
Yes, we have a strong constitution, but we need an executive branch where we have some courage, some integrity, where they're going to stand up and do what's right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I'm done playing the games. It's time to actually take a stand. What's that tidal wave that you're talking about look like in particular? So I think I know what you're talking about, but like name some things for me where it's like, oh, that's the tidal wave you're talking about. Sure. Pull up the Secretary of State's um, campaign finance website. They've got a beautiful little pie or it's actually like a bar chart okay. and you can see all the money being funneled in through campaign accounts okay. from outside of the state no just all money coming in okay. from all over the okay. place secretary of states campaign finance portal number one contributions big pharma so the number like we're talking hundreds really millions of dollars flooding in okay. to campaign accounts from big pharma in idaho Millions of dollars. That's and we're a small state. And what does that like translate to? So I, I I think I know what it does, but what does it translate to? It translates to they get to call the shots on who gets elected. You know, when we have an election, the biggest election in the, you know, future for Idaho is gonna be May seventeenth, twenty twenty two. And when you get a fancy flyer in the mail for this awesome person and you go wow they must be the person i should vote for but behind that is how much money does it take to put that flyer in the mail so where is that money coming from from big pharma and so as long as big pharma can control the money in your campaign account they have a lot of influence of how you vote hence why we have this whole mandated vaccine issue now is big pharma behind the push for mandated vaccines 110 percent okay so it's sos.idaho.gov. Yes. That's yeah. the website. And every every state has something like yeah, that, right? Because every every state so you, you, you can you know, see where the money's coming from. If you're in Arizona, wherever you're at, you should be you should be on this website checking out what's going on, where the funding's coming but from. But isn't that a conspiracy theory? Priscilla? So the second line on the chart <laughs> okay. is the Democratic Party. Okay. That's the second line. Second line. So they're just outnumbering any type of conservative, Republican in just money alone. And in now, Idaho? And money is driving our politics. Wait, um, Idaho's highly conservative. How are Democrats getting so much money? Yeah, I, think, I mean, we're 70-30 or 65-35. Right. They have a lot of money, you know, and I, I personally, I believe it's their kind of form of salvation in an essence. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't mm-hmm. believe in Christ and they don't go to church and they don't have fellowship as like right. we do as Christians. Right. And so they invest in more of those feel good things in government is feel good, right. help people instead of investing in church and family and community. Mm-hmm. Right. This is their, this poli- is their tie. Poli- they politics tie. is yeah. their church. Yeah. And they, so the, yeah, they tie, they the tie to, to it to mm-hmm. their, their campaign. Okay, so uh, money to campaigns, the Democratic Party, and then what, what's the third one? Sure, let's go ahead and throw critical race theory out there. Okay. So here in Idaho, we have a governor and a state board of education saying it's not in our education system. Mm-hmm. And flat out, it's already here. It's in our regulations. We are paying for it. Your taxpayer money, $600,000 every year to support a company that is infiltrating critical race doctrine into our K-12 through schools. I was I graduated from the University of Idaho in 2005, and at, at least critical theory was very much in our classrooms yeah. um, at University of Idaho. My my wife graduated from University of Idaho. I think I mentioned this on the show before, but this is back in 2002, 2003. Elementary ed major um, in and uh, and already in 2002, 2003 had professors um, asking her to write papers about how she would teach her her elementary kids about homosexuality. 
and, and like and explo- exploring their sexuality. And she wow. wrote one paper in which she said, "Oh, well, I wouldn't. That's none of my business. It's you know, parents' job to teach about that." And and there and and the pushback from the professor was, "But what if you have a little boy who's really struggling with his sexuality?" And she, she's like, I, "That's not. A, I'm not. That's what I'm not. I'm not here for that." And there's bigger problems here, and it's not the it's not the school's job to do that. Um, but that's mm. you know that's 20 years ago, um, and I can't imagine where it's at now. Mm. Um, I'm looking at the numbers right here on the. I'm, I didn't even know this portal existed, so this is really helpful. But it's uh, PHRMA. That's the pharma that you're talking about. 137,900. Um, this is top spending contributors right there. Mm. And then at the top re- uh, re- recipient campaigns is the Idaho State Democrat Party. So and that is six hundred and sixteen thousand five hundred and fifty seven dollars and ninety one cents. So that's a lot of money. And then underneath that is Reclaim Idaho at half that. And then Idaho Republican Party's right underneath that by thirty thousand dollars. So three hundred and forty four thousand of Idaho Republican Party. So there is a massive fight right now for Idaho. Right. So if, if this continues, we could see Idaho go purple. The same thing is happening in Texas. Is that what? Exactly. And Idaho is number one on all of these very progressive groups. We're their number one target right Why? now. Because we're a cheap date. What, what, do you, what do you mean by that? Whoa, what do you mean by that? I, yeah, so I, I'm interested because that's, that's intriguing. What do you mean yeah, by that? Yeah. So when I first ran for the legislature, I only, I mean, the total was probably 15000 but I only started off with a few thousand dollars. Yeah. And so to them, they're ta- they have billions of dollars. They mm. can just flip a legislature with, you know. 20000 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so with you, and you're seeing all this happening, what is it that you're, the place that you're going, lieutenant governor, how do you then... Ha- you know, because I'm looking at the responsibilities and the duties of lieutenant governor. How do you then combat this? Yeah, so the role of lieutenant governor in Idaho is kind of two-hatted. Um, one, you preside over the Senate, but you really only get to vote in the case of a tie. Right. So this last year, the current lieutenant governor, she only got to vote once. Okay. But then you also serve as the governor when the governor's out of state. Mm-hmm. And Which it is also, fun. I love that. Because you get to be <laughs> I love that. Janet, like Janice that. has been having fun. Yeah. <laughs> But you also, you have a bully pulpit. I mean, you have right. this ability to really push policy ideas. And then there's this other aspect that I want to insert in here is in Idaho, we don't have an inspector general's office. And so we don't have anybody holding our executive agencies accountable for their job performance. The only person who does that is the governor themselves. Okay. And so like, we get constituents that call us in the legislature and say, you know, this, I have a problem with this agency and this agency and this agency. In the legislature, we, we write laws. We can't hold them accountable. Now, as a lieutenant governor, you are in the executive branch. And I would love the opportunity to just go in and start talking with our executive agencies and see, you know, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and um, what's really the first holding them accountable. What's the first door that you go knocking on? What executive agency? Just so they know. Well, for know. me personally, <laughs> yeah. we'll start with health and welfare and then fish and game. Okay. Mm. Oh, fish and game. Okay. That's kind of fun. So health and welfare, I can see why you do that because in the last year, they've really overreached their boundaries and given a lot yeah. of cover fire for the government governor to yeah. do what he wants to do. But fish and game, why, why, why are they next? 
You know, we live in, in an amazing part of the Beautiful. country. Yes. And there is a lot of frustration um, inside, I think, with sportsmen, with fish and game. Um, a lot of politics when you get into who serves as um, on the board and how mm. they spend their money. Um, they're wolf wolf issues yeah. mm -hmm. just talk to members who are on the wolf board and they're just saying this is absolute nightmare it's just a bureaucratic mess wow. um, mm. we're not you know tracking our animals right we're really not respecting the land and the creatures that god gave us mm. the way that we could and should be bad stewardship mm. yes mm. so uh fresh this week has been some excitement in the news for you um, and I, I, I think the AP even picked this up. I, I think. Did, I've been did the national. AP pick up? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's, oh, you went national. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And she's on cross politics. Because yeah. <laughs> we're always no. I'm. It's. It looks. I mean, you, you, help me understand. I, I don't really get it, but it's so vague that it looks like a complete smear job. But I don't. But I don't really understand that the the the, uh, the the headline. Of course, is there. There's this. Idaho lawmaker Priscilla Giddings, who has publicly shared the name and photo of a legislative intern who reportedly uh, reported being raped by a different state representative, and now you're the subject of an ethics investigation. Um, we, should, we should pick this up third segment. Um, what? Yeah. what, what uh, hold on. No, you just started yeah. stuff right before yeah. you should have started yeah. stuff, and now yeah. it's yeah. just that's like that's how you can do that. Yeah, that's how you, you can... gotta wait. Woo! Right. Gotta right, tune got, in. You got a minute. To think of a good answer, no. and, then, <laughs> and then and also too, I want to talk to you as well about women in military. Right yeah. now, that's a big oh, conversation. Yeah. Draft, uh -huh. the draft, and then you are a fighter pilot. Yeah, I want to, uh, there's so many questions I have. Right. All right, and because I think we're only, okay, we'll talk about it. more cross politics coming up next. You don't want to miss this next segment, baby. It's gonna get hot in here. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Borton, CEO of Classical Conversations. Our most precious commodity is time. No one has ever lied on their deathbed wishing they had spent more time making money. They all wish they had spent more time creating a legacy. Our modern education system steals that legacy, steals that time from our children. That's why I'm passionate about homeschooling. That's why at Classical Conversations we want to give you more time to create that legacy, follow your passions, and glorify God. Visit classicalconversations.com for more information. Okay. okay, what you got over there? Okay, guys. All right, so third segment. You guys know the drill. We don't have a timestamp. We can go as long as we want. Uh, Priscilla is not going to get out of the studio until we answer all the questions Lock that we want to answer. Lock the door. Uh, and, and, her, and, so, and her husband's Lutheran, so you know he don't mind. Yeah, we know he don't mind. <laughs> and so, you know, the third segment, we've got to kind of lighten things up because it gets kind of difficult. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So we got some – so our, our friends from – Haiti, who who live in the U.S. They're, now, they're, yeah, in Florida, uh, they're in Florida. And they sent us some Haitian rum. The Davis family, uh, Barbin Court. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> don't even try. I, ap I apologize. So we got we got dirty rum, and so apparently this is the kind of rum that you sip. Yeah, it's it's like scotch. Yeah. You know, you don't put it in your margarita or your not in your margarita, your, your pina coladas. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. So we got dirty rum, or we got white rum. I call it dirty rum, but there's probably I'm, I'm gonna go for, for the dirty. I'm gonna go for the dirty. Dirty. Me too. Okay. Yeah, All right. Dirty. Because my right. my boy buddy told me that's what you want. You say he he thinks he thinks that dirty is better than All right. Thank you, Davises. Yeah. Here we go. We'll start with our guests. They actually should be here for Grace Agenda. Rum drinking Baptists. <laughs> Don't bust them out Man. like that. <laughs> just, uh, now they can't go to church. Now they got to find a Presbyterian church to go to. Look that at that. <laughs> That's great. Hey, hey, I get to drink out of the Tony glass. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, what are you trying to do to me? I think, I think that's what no, this oh, Priscilla yeah. don't want me drinking this much. Oh boy! <laughs> you just let me know All right, now 
Now, while you finish there, I mean, yeah. uh, so Priscilla, help us out here. Um, what's, oh, okay. what's going on with this Ooh. ethics investigation? Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like an onion, lots of layers. Um, for sure, I would say it's just media misinformation. Yeah. Political attack by my opponent. Right. So Steve Bedke. Who's a Democrat, right? Or is it Scott? Is it Scott? It's yeah. Scott. It is Scott, Scott and he, he should be a Democrat. <laughs> oh, bars. Oh. Bars. And he's running against you for lieutenant governor. Correct. We should get him on the show. No. And is he is he the lead of the ethics committee? He gets to pick who the chairman of the ethics committee is, and he filed the ethics complaint against me. Oh, so, so there's no, uh, like, what do you call that? Uh, conflict conflict of, interest. of interest at all? No, no. conflict? Of, no. Unbelievable. Wait a second. So what's the charge? What, cl- to clarify, what's the charge against you for this ex- ethics committee? Unethical. There's there's a couple. Yeah, conduct unbecoming of a state representative. Mm-hmm. Which was? Yeah. So they're saying that I released the name of a rape victim. That's mm-hmm. kind of what the headline with right. the news is saying. Right. So once you get into the reality of it is that the, the former legislator's lawyer, David Leroy, who was the previous attorney general of Idaho and former lieutenant governor, he released the report that had the young woman's name in it. Okay. He sent it to the press. Okay. Press published an article. Throughout the whole process, I just want to do process. I, I don't support sexual immorality at all, but I don't want people who are falsely accused to not have due process. You mean like justice and that kind of thing? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, <laughs> wow. Shame on you. So I shared uh, through Facebook, a, I did a hyperlink to a news story. And then also in my weekly newsletter where I tell my constituents what's going on each week, I said you can read the report linked here. And so, and that also went to the news article. Okay. So tell me again the name of the person who actually released this to the media. Yeah. David Leroy. So David Leroy, has he brought up any charges of anything? No. um, But he's not a a legislator or anything. No. He's just the former AG. He's not a former AG, but he's not running for lieutenant governor. He used to be the lieutenant governor. Is he doing? Is he running for anything? No. no. He ran for Congress a few years back, um, and then he got threatened after he released that to the press. I think he got threatened by um, an East Coast law firm, and so then he dropped the case. Mm-hmm. And so the, the former representative went through three different lawyers, tens of thousands of dollars of his own money. Right. Is Leroy a good guy, David Leroy? God gets to decide. <laughs> but he's an, he was an attorney that was representing... <laughs> This representative who's being accused of rape. Correct. Okay. And and so he was representing him, released this report, released the name. Um, and and then, I mean, what made you think, I want to make sure that, like, it sounds like you want to make sure both sides are being heard, that there's due process. Um, is there some funny business in all this? Uh, I mean, funny in what way? It's totally a political attack against me. You know, I have a squeaky clean record, and I was really effective this year yeah. in the legislature. Right. And so they're just coming after me with, you know, twisted truth. Republicans. Yeah. In yeah. name. Yeah. Yeah, right. So um, so the the complaint, the the investigation is that you blew somebody's cover. When, yeah. when all you were doing was linking to a news article— the rape victims cover that, particularly yeah, yeah 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 but but it was and uh, but the, but you were linking to a story that was facts were supplied by the attorney by another attorney 
Yeah, and let's get this straight, too. When you say rape victim, that is just such a, that's a heart issue for so many people. Right. So let's let's put a little truth and clarity on that, too. You know, you you don't get victim status in government until there's a crime. Mm. And there was no crime. There are no charges. The Mm -hmm. police investigation was dropped. Oh, So really really? it came down to whether or not the oral sex was consensual. Mm -hmm. And he passed three lie detector tests, and she hasn't taken one yet yet Mm -hmm. and so to actually say rape victim to Mm -hmm. me is a twist of truth so they dropped the charges absolutely they dropped against the person who was no all before this all happened i'm gonna tell you somewhat i'm gonna tell you something right now god forbid this ever happens to anybody in my family that i know i ain't dropping charges (laughs) right now, you you better hope the charges find you happen if if, that really happened that's right i'm not dropping charges because my daughter, whoever this person is, this person deserves to have justice. If that's what happened, right. are we going to come to the end of it one but way or another? But if the police are coming and saying there's no evidence, yeah, that's what happened. we can't charge this person, right? Then, 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 but see, this is the, this is why biblical law is so important because you exactly. can't come out here once an accusation has gone public and it's been made. Somebody gets some sort of justice. Right. It doesn't just poof in, in the air. Including those who make false and accusations. That's exactly yeah. my point. You can't, if there's a false accusation made to the word of the police and no one else can say, we don't see a way to justify this claim whatsoever and you're making a false accusation, some kind of charges need to go the other way. Right. Right. You're lying. You're lying on this man's reputation. You yeah. can't steal this man's good yeah. reputation to destroy his reputation. Right. Yeah. right? But, so, but the problem, the guy's a fornicator. Right. You know, it's like, and, and, and so, but, he, but he's not as a rapist then yeah right, right? Like, so right, fornication right. We, we can deal with that we know how right. to deal with that right but if he's a rapist I, we need to know that and we need to prosecute him and get that done if he's not then you need to owe this man an apology if this is what the case is going on right so this is why we adjudicate a situation right. it doesn't just float in midair which means you have to have the names of the of people, the people yeah. so yeah. they can and make the, there's there's a of the accuser in, and the accused in yeah. the old, in the old yeah. testament law when there was some ambiguity about what had happened the proof that it was rape was the fact that the woman cried out. That's right. In the Old Testament, if, if she cried out, then they would know. Like it was, it was not consensual. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then, but there would have to be an investigation. <laughs> there would be due process. Yes. There would be testimony, witnesses, yeah. and, and so on. And then we kill the guy. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't get to do that. You don't yeah, get to right. des- destroy right. someone. The penalty also matters. The penalty right. matters. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so there, but to leave it in this amb- ambiguous space where we don't know really what happened, because I didn't even know the whole situation. Yeah. It's like there yeah. still needs to be some sort of adjudication of what happened. And that public statement needs to be made that says either yes or no. And here's the judgments that follow. But leaving things gray like this is not justice. Right. It's not justice for her or it's not justice for him in well, one it, way or the other. And, I, and I, I'm honestly like, completely baffled by the fact that um, they're opening an investigation because you linked to a news story. Like that's wicked. I mean, like they're, they're used there. It's a smear job. It's, yeah. it's, this is not like, I mean, regardless of actually what happened, if it's a, news right, that's a whole nother situation. Like, yeah. Like, it's like this thing happened over here. How could that be unethical to link to a news story? Um, one step further. So because he's the speaker, he gets to tr- control all the funds that the house expends. Mm-hmm. So they're using an outside law firm. And so they've already in the month of June, like they they already spent like 100,000 on legal fees. I don't know that that's all just on this case, but I mean it's probably pretty close. And I have to use my own private money to fight it. So Priscilla, are you opening uh, a, an ethics complaint against Scott? I I mean 
Because he's being unethical. <laughs> he yeah. is, but when he picks the chair of the committee, when we've submitted complaints in the past, they just disappear. See, this is that parliamentary stuff so, that I've yeah. been talking Can, about. What, is, what, else, what, are the, what other legal recourse do you have against somebody like this? So we're really we're outside of the bounds of legality. It is totally a public... Um, Can you sue him see, for defamation? I would have to prove damages. So after your name damages, <laughs> yeah. after would you move her mic for for me? Yeah, just move it for the yeah. other guy. Yeah. Perfect. That's perfect. Just like that. Okay. There you go. That's good. Yeah. So maybe after they take some action against me, you know, you whether could. it's reprimand, censure, right. to kick me out of the legislature. Yeah. I don't think these people understand much else other than a, a like a punch to the throat. Legally speaking, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't right. think they do. Like, I mean, it's like that. This is, or maybe not legally speaking either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I did. I I mean, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not that, saying they should do but, it, but, but I think they understand what but, it means. But that's the thing. Is like the, the, the irony, and this happens all the time in politics. Though, is they're doing the very thing that they're accusing somebody of. Well, yeah. okay, okay. This is, and he's the head of the ethics committee. He gets to pick. He's the, the speaker, head. right? He's, he's the, the speaker, speaker of the house. Yeah. So he's he's got like the kind of moderator. Um, power. So, so you know what? Yeah, this needs to get out. The story needs to get the, out. Um, on the flip side, um, the good news, of course, is that um, as a Christian, you also have God on your side. Mm, amen. Um, and and that means that in the meantime, you want to be walking in such a way that yeah. you're under His blessing and under His protection, right? Because you know, all through the Bible, the, like you know, the Hamans fall. Yeah, and, you know that's the Judas's right. fall. That's the, right. the people who plot against God's people. Okay, Pastor, fall. we get it. No Nancy Kerrigan, somebody. I get it. I get it. I, no, All you right. don't have to. I mean, you, you leave vengeance to the Lord. That's right. Right. That's right. I'm not. I'm not saying doing anything, but um, so I want to talk a little bit more about you know your vision for Idaho. Um, but before we get there, um, some questions. Okay, so we are just. I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Like, we are, you know, so conservative Christians. You might want to take a sip because this is where it's going yeah, to This is where it's getting real. It, it, it's probably yeah. completely illegal for us to exist. Our show is like, I mean, it's like <laughs> we, 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 we committed bars. We committed every hate crime there is because we yep. believe everything that the Bible says. Yep. And and so one of the things that we've been really strong on would be um, we are um, just completely against women in combat. Yeah. Yep. Um, because um, the Bible says that it's it's shameful uh, for a woman to carry the armor and the weapons of a man to put on, and a, a woman is it. to be protected, defended. She's to nurture life, um, not, not and take so life. you know, I mean, we got the jails in the Bible. You know, they do the tent peg thing occasionally with the bad guy. So I want my daughters trained to shoot bad guys, yeah. but I, I don't want them on the front line until I'm dead. <laughs> Did Deborah have a sword? I, I think she was probably surrounded by bodyguards. She might have carried one, um, but it wasn't a blessing. And but we know we know from the <laughs> right? story. You know I mean? that, we know from the story that she said the, the glory is going to go to a woman instead of the man, which was the shame part of it. For so her. you know, and I don't have any problem with um, women in all kinds of support roles. Um, you know, doctors and so on, like you know this this kind of thing, as they have been historically um, heroic. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Role for them, and it's and it's not at all because of a. Uh, of a uh, um, a misogynist bone in my body, but it's because of I I love my wife and my daughters, mm -hmm. and I'm called by God to protect them. So, talk to us a little bit about how you think about that as a you know major um, in the Air Force and fighter pilot. And fighter pilot. Um, what, what's your take on those things? Yeah, gosh. 
Lots of layers. Great question. You know, and everything that you said, I really do believe in, um, or I agree with, I should say. You know, I'm trying to recall where it was from, but I remember somebody saying that, you know, America has has been so great because we we haven't required our women to have to serve on the front lines. Mm. And they go back in history, if you look at, you know, in Russia or USSR. Or Israel right now. Earlier. Yeah. 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 I mean, having to put their women on the front lines, I mean, so what an opportunity to not have to do that. Right. And so that's why I do love that we don't have mandatory conscription. Well, yet. The, the White House States. is working on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. working yet. Yeah. And then you do get into the support role. You know, we look at the awesome role that the WASPs played in World War II. So those were your female pilots who flew those fighter aircraft in the United States around to maintenance and to yeah. different locations. You know, and what right. an awesome role that was. But then, yeah, you transition into, so now the wars that we're fighting are so different. You know, very few women actually on the front lines, literally with the M16 over their shoulder and carrying a 100-pound rucksack on their back. And so when you start talking about, you know, fighter pilots, my sister-in-law is also a fighter pilot. Flew F-15s, F-16s, you know. Um, Very, I mean, give me one, I can't think of one example where a female fighter pilot was shot down. Um, in combat, you know, to be behind enemy lines, you know, but it so would be possible. It is possible. So then you can get it is a fighter pilot really in the more of the support role. Mm. Um, so there is some of that, you know, I have, I feel like this has been a calling on my life. Mm. Um, and I'm very much have been in tune and always asking God, you know, where will you have me go? And this is where he's brought me. Mm. And so to, you know, say that maybe it was wrong or not biblical, you know, I couldn't agree with you because I feel like like I have just followed God's, you know, calling and leading through mm-hmm. every single step of the way in tears and on my knees. Mm-hmm. But yet in those experiences, I have also seen um, that some of our, you know, our, our fighter pilots actually work sometimes better without women in the room, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and there are situations when, you know, we're out training for combat survival techniques and you're having to hunker down on the side of a mountain six inches away from some dude that is really your brother in the military. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think, well, that, you know, that, that is kind of tough when you look at Christian morality and um, mm-hmm. if I had been married and, and those things. And yeah. so, so I, I think you, what you say is very relevant, but I, I can't say for me personally that I would say, oh, I wish I, I didn't do what I did. So it seems like yeah, to sure. me what you described there, uh, my, my question, I'm still left with the question is, well, where's your line? It didn't, you know, our biblical line is um, men are called to protect and to serve and to kill. And and women are called to bear fruit and bring life, and so there's a there's a Bible verse and I think it's in Deuteronomy where um, uh, Moses says, "Don't boil a kid, um, a goat kid, in your mother's milk." And the principle there is don't don't use what was given for life to to kill that life, right? Don't boil a baby goat in its own mother's milk. The mother gave life, and the mother shouldn't take that life. And so that's that's our line. Um, but for, from what I gather from you is I don't, I don't know where Priscilla's line is at and her principle for when, okay, this is women shouldn't do this in the military, but it's okay over here kind of thing. I, I think I really strongly support um, a standard of you need to be able to do this to accomplish this mission. And if a woman can do that and she wants to do that, then she should. But when To kill? Can, absolutely. In the military? Absolutely. So I, I'm, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Um, so 
And I think I just got distracted. I'm sorry. See, Gabe, see what you did. Oh, yeah. no, 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 I, was, I remember now. I remember now. That's not helping your case for women in the military. I just want you to know that. That's <laughs> yeah. not helping the case. So I'll do a plug for my book because I do talk about this a little bit. And oh, do you? And I really t- um, want to focus on women actually have some incredible um, strengths that men don't have. Yeah. And oh, yeah. in yeah. the role of war nowadays, there's not as much killing as you might think. And now it's all more of strategy of the mind. And so I give an example of, you know, we're in Afghanistan and it's all um, um, spec ops guys, so only men. And they totally missed one of our targets because they just weren't picking up on the subtle clues, the changes in the personal features, hadn't noticed their wife's haircut. It's like trying to find something in the fridge and it's right there, but you have to ask your wife to find it. And I just, I, you know, think to myself, because we spent millions of dollars and tons of time on that. And I, until to this day, I think, you know, if we would have had a really sharp, like Intel analyst woman just on the ground, she would have been very safe. It was not, you know, the war isn't in Afghanistan wasn't, you know, I mean, it's dangerous, but it's not that dangerous. If she would have been there, like, I wonder if she would have noticed that detail that those guys missed. But it seems to me like that would be thoroughly possible, and it's not a woman that's actually in, in combat. combat. And, and, like, the Bible says that wisdom is a woman, right? I mean, that's, that's, right. That, that's the yeah. book of Proverbs. Find wisdom, get a good woman. And it seems to me that there is an application of that in many different vocations. Can I? I um, but that's not... The same thing as her necessarily pulling the trigger. Uh, what so, I'm trying to do is on. find a clear line. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, go I, I, ahead. So, I'll let, let the black man talk. Well. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't want it. See, I don't like when stuff like that. I don't yeah, want come it. On. Uh, no, you know, there's. I was just listening, and I keep hearing um, kind of this. Um, I'm going to push back pretty hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so somebody, you had a bullet that was up here. Somebody take that away from her because I don't want Uh-oh. her to jab me. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. She's probably pulled out. She's probably out. 30 millimeter action. That's what I was afraid of. Be careful now. Can somebody take that? Is this your concealed carry bullet? Does Joe Biden know you have that? But one of the things that I was noticing in your responses were I hear – the, our kind of pushback is uh, the here's how the Bible scripts this out and lays out the standard for how women should engage or not engage as it relates to battle frontline situations. But from what I hear from you is way more of a practical answer instead of a more biblical one. Mm. You so, can't you can do it. Right. Here's, you the, here's, want to do here's it. the things in the field. Here's the things it. in battle. But I want to know you're Christian, right? So how do you make the Christian argument for like, yes, women should be or do you th- I mean, I guess there's two questions. Do you think women should be on frontline battles uh, right now? I wouldn't say that they shouldn't. And I would lead to Deborah and the tent pig that you already pulled. You up. got one here. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's where I would start. And, and it, to me, it's not a huge issue. I mean, I would you could pull me to your side. Yeah. But the reality is, is that's where we're at right now. And we're in a whole different kind of world the, the, and war. Well, and here's my problem with this argument is that um, this is the reason why right now the Senate, uh, there's a panel, a Senate panel just passed the the the. Not le- it's not legislation yet, but passed a recommendation, a recommendation Recommend- yeah. to require women to draft. register for dra- the draft. Because, be- because would uh, you support something like that? Absolutely not. Okay, but, but you but you don't have uh, all you can say is I don't like it. As opposed to no, the Bible explicitly commands women to focus on giving life, and men it, it ha- are called to take life if it calls for it. 
I would use your argument. <laughs> <laughs> She's right. She's like, I'm, I'm good with it. But but it gets but it gets all tangled up when you start talking about um, the confliction can I, of. Can I can I move this into why this is important for a second? Yeah. Because I think what we're trying to get at is which is this is really interesting. I'll tell you kind of my position on this after I get done with this, which is um, we find with those positions that you just named, Deborah, um, there are no men who are acting like men to be able to fill those roles. And so God is giving Israel a type of judgment, but a gracious judgment mm-hmm. so that somebody is fighting for them, but it's not the people that should be. And because it is, this is bad for you. And that's why Barak was not courageous. He was, right. was shame on him. And, and so what I see right now, this is going back to Lieutenant governor and to governor. Um, praise God that we had, uh, you know, uh, in South Dakota, a governor that governor didn't, Nome, governor Nome, Nome. she didn't shut down the state. The only governor. The only governor out yeah. of all the man governors that we had, yeah. it, it was some, a woman. With, with some strong encouragement from her uh, legislature. Yeah, I, I want to say yeah. that, but still, <laughs> yeah. still, but still, still yeah. she, there but, was others. I'm sure there in Florida there was some strong encouragement yeah. there, too, and yeah. he still shut down. Yeah. Right. And, and so, Ron, Ron DeSantis is pretending he didn't. But so that while that was, in some sense, praise God, a blessing, it also was a shameful thing that there was no godly man willing to stand up and say, I'm going to enforce the Constitution, and I'm going to do what's biblical here. So I think there's a judgment there. So with you stepping into the place of lieutenant governor, it's like, man, praise God that the judge, it still seems like a judgment, but it's like at least it's a judgment that is leaning towards moving us out of a situation where we don't have any godly man. So that's why the conversation is with battle here. It also talks about with Women that are positions of leadership, that can be a judgment that not that is not good. Look at Nancy Pelosi. Look at Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that's not good things. Um, and so that's and, why the conversation from battle to and governorship. Of, and part of the concern in all of this is actually comes right back around to what we were talking about, the ethics stuff. Is like if we don't have a standard, a fixed standard, then none of us are safe. Because if, if morality and ethics is just a matter of how I feel. What I think best. Or what, you know, so on. Well, then that easily gets manipulated i mean that is critical race theory is basically you know who's got the strongest feelings who got their feelings hurt the most who needs to have the biggest voice and who needs to shut shut up and listen well that's just manipulation because we don't have a standard anymore and so like i i want to hold the line on what the bible says about women in the military and about women um in leadership positions uh, even in politics which is not that it's always immoral because deborah was a judge that's right right that's right but in isaiah it also says that when women and children rule over you that's a judgment you know when, it, when it's when it's normal when we're celebrating all the women in congress that's a judgment does god occasionally raise up a godly strong woman in politics yes, yes. and praise god for it like yep. deborah amen but it's occasional and it there's a reason for and that it means that there's there's something going on that's not great because the men aren't stepping up um and and so and again circle back around i want you to be protected when you have uh, a rat like a- accusing you of being unethical when he's running unethical place. But the only way you're going to be able to stand against that is if God's word is fixed. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is what is it? What, you know, what is true and what is moral, what is ethical? That's what matters. And that then comes back around. It protects all of us. It protects women. It protects um, men. It protects children. It protects whites and blacks. I mean, it doesn't change because, you, you know, li- Lady Liberty is blindfolded. You know, she doesn't, she doesn't, it doesn't care what it looks like. It, it, it's just, she just got scales in her hand and a sword and she, and she just does justice. That, that's the concern. Her hand is getting closer to the bullet. <laughs> I just want you to know that. Well, and for me, closer. for me, practically the concern is, well, now I'm going to be in a situation where the 
you know, the Congress could potentially pass and require women to enter and draft. I got two daughters. Yeah. yeah. I got two daughters, and I'm going to say, hell no. Right. Uh, over my dead body. Right. And But, but we have um, a precedent of women being in the military, so why not? Why not make it a, a level playing field for everybody to require to be in the draft? Priscilla, go ahead. I just, I, I'm encouraged by your discussion. I'm encouraged by your strength, your leadership, your conviction. And that's why I would just love to have more strong Christians in mm-hmm. government. Mm-hmm. And so I hope you will all consider running for office and, again also. And, right, don't, and don't, right. take, don't take any of this as lack of appreciation no. for yeah. the good that you have, have done. Yep. I, I know that Amen. our pastor likes to say, um, God draws straight with crooked lines. Mm. Right, which is just a glorious reminder that even I'm proof of that <laughs> we all are, we all are, right? And so, like, that's a. But at the same time, we don't want to just say, well, you know, what is the standard? There's no standard. We, we want to improve. We want to always be improving. We want to be conforming our lives more and more to Christ, more and more to His Word. And and so, please receive this as loving brotherly pushback. Grateful for your service. Grateful for. Protecting me and my family, yeah. um, mm-hmm. giving and sacrificing, and at the same time, um, wish you wouldn't have to. <laughs> right. You know, wish you'd, I mean, and, and use like, I mean, that's, that's, there's skills there, wisdom and glory. Yeah. And I, what I wanted applied to is your family, your community, and your church, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but, you know, but grateful, seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, it was one of the things that. <laughs> She's, she's just like, it's all right. Get, yep. I'm getting a little bit of the I politician just, just, smile right now. I just refired my campaign manager. <laughs> <laughs> refired him again. No, the, hey, but the run yeah. was good. The <laughs> run was good. No, there, is, there has been what happened in South Dakota, I think, is what made um, our Ron DeSantis stand up. Mm-hmm. I think it made him say, oh, well, I should be going this trajectory. And then Texas decided... Governor Abbott, no, what? no, what? Yeah. no. What is? And so I'm, emba- I'm, em- I'm embarrassed. Of and so, there, in some, in one sense, like this is what I keep saying is like I, you know, the way that when I see God bringing up women who are godly women who are put in put in positions, I look at that. And I'm like, okay, there's this judgment. But then I look and say, what a gracious way for God to say to us, right. men, you are falling behind and taking authority. Yeah. Like you just you have because you're not protecting your women in a lot of ways. And so, um, anyway, that I, I'm grateful that you are stepping out there. And I'm just saying this because where's the man at that are not doing their their jobs? If you're well, well the men, ways. the men are attacking her. Yeah. <laughs> right, men, you know, right, Scott. Right, Scott's taking well, her. Yeah. you know, and, for a loop. And right. like Janice McGinn, man, she has been out there fighting. Right, um, she's taken. I don't know in. Idaho, if there's been any man that has taken as bold of a move right. as Janice McGeehan right. and what she's yeah. done to Lieutenant. No. I mean, am I, am I being honest here? Yeah. I, no, which I, is a absolutely. shame because, I mean, look what she had to do. Lieutenant Governor is standing up against her own Republican governor to yeah. say, don't treat your, your constituents like this. Don't right. treat the people who right. voted for you like that. What's essential? And, and What's what, non-essential? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then taking who, what Lieutenant Governor would go into being governor for a day and say, you know what? I'm going to remove I'm gonna take advantage all, of this. Yeah, I'm going to take it. No oh, one, man. no one has that kind of guts. Yeah. No one has that kind of guts. So there's like this. All right, here we go, and praise God for that. You know, and so I, I see what's happening. I see what's going on. It's like, well, this is what God has given us right now because I think a lot of men gave. You know, no offense to you, but you got a lot going on in your life. You had to run for county commissioner. County commissioner. Yeah. Right, and I keep thinking. And I worked for six months trying to find someone to run for county. That was my point. You were, you yeah. couldn't find yeah. anybody to run for county commissioner, and yeah. it's like, and you did it because you had to, not because you just like, 
well, I this would be fun. Yeah. Right, that was, <laughs> you know, was, but somebody needed to be out there and fighting and engaging. And because there was no one else, you had to run. And it was really interesting to me because I saw a lot of people who were kind of like, what is he doing? And I was like, but you're not running. Right. You're yeah, not out right. there fighting. You're not out there doing anything. So in right. some sense, this is your own judgment. Right. So if you want somebody better, then you need to go out there and do it. Right. And that's part of what I'm trying to say in this conversation, too. It's like, yeah, yeah but who's going to do it? Priscilla, I want to give you the last word and particularly ask you, you mentioned lieutenant governor's an opportunity to have a bully pulpit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. What are what are the, I don't know, top three things that you want to, I mean, if, if God blesses you and gives you that position, um, you know, what would you uh, what would you use that bully pulpit for? for? Absolutely. Get well, rid of would... cross politics. <laughs> That's the first thing ever. Take him off the air. Burn him. Put one in every town. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, time. You know, the, the big hot topics right now, obviously. So um, medical freedom, right? Okay. When we get the, the mandatory shot, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm. Critical race theory. It's in our constitution. You shouldn't be able to teach that. We just need to stop it, okay. you know, and root that out big yeah. time. And um, public schools? Absolutely. Like root root out actual public schools. No, no, no. Critical race theory. <laughs> like our, con- you know, our constitution <laughs> actually requires public schools. I know. Okay, but here's here's sad. the problem. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you right this into is it real her quick. Bully I, I'm gonna let her go. Here's the problem: is Republicans don't have a solution for public schools. Public schools have been teaching our kids to become liberal for decades. Yeah. And we got to have a good solution. Not, it's not just critical race theory. It's actually our public school systems discipling liberals. Yeah. For decades. Absolutely. What do we do about that? School, cho- um, at least school choice. Maybe? Absolutely. At least, at least, know, and we got close this year, okay. but we just don't have the votes. We just don't have enough, you know, strong, courageous. We got close, really. Conservatives, wow. yeah. Strong, courageous, conservative men. Is that yes. what you're going to say? Yeah. Others, you know, grocery tax repeal, um, property tax. I mean, repeal, get rid of that. reform. Get, get rid, rid of, that. of it. Oh my please. gosh. Please, really? yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So those are some of the big ones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and what about just, I mean, I know one of the other big things, whenever we talk to Idaho politicians, is how much of our budget is built off of federal funds. Yeah. I mean, are, do you see that as a major issue of, of just getting us, weaning us off, you know, the government, the, the feds? Like, Absolutely. There are only two other states in the union that get more federal money mm. percentage oh than goodness. Idaho. Because so those are chains. Who are those yeah. two states? Uh, off the top of my head, I want to say it's like Mississippi and Alabama. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Wait a second, Mississippi or Alabama? Wow, wow, interesting. Well, Idaho. I mean, who cares about Mississippi and Alabama? And most most of it's our land, right? Most of it's forests and and, and federal land. Isn't that where most of our budget, uh, most of the federal budget comes from? Or is it from other things? No, um, it's just uh, Medicaid, health and welfare stuff. Okay, that's also... That's probably the biggest percentage. So do we not have a strong economy here in Idaho? We really, we don't produce a lot. They don't let us use our natural resources and convert it into revenue. So the federal government doesn't allow us to use our natural resources and convert it into revenue. Right. Correct. So it's not a state problem. Right. It's, a, it's the federal land it's, problem. So, so just get this, though. It's the same thing that Biden's doing. You don't get to use your land, but don't worry. We gave, we'll you, some, you, money. We gave you some money. Yeah. Right? We're a cheap date. Yep. That's, that's what I'm going to remember from this interview yeah. is we are a cheap date. Idaho, grow some backbone. Ouch. So what are your chances of, of winning? Um, it seems like this She's last like, year, after the whole, this show, yeah, <laughs> this the, the whole political landscape for me is weird. Yeah, because you have you know it used to be Republican Democrat versus Democrat kind of thing, but now you kind of have this additional like shutdown versus non shutdown, masking versus non masking, vaccinated versus non vaccinated. Uh, the landscape's very weird right now um, in in Idaho. I'm talking particularly Idaho. 
Yeah, we have like three parties. We have the socialists, the Democrats, and then the conservatives, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so now it's just trying to define what those Mm -hmm. are. My chances of winning, I think... You know, Lord willing, you know, he, he'll get to decide. I think mm-hmm. they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, there are two other people in the race. One is very far left. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the speaker who Scott. his mm-hmm. American Conservative Union score, lifetime average of 21 years, career politician. He's at like 58 percent. Mm-hmm. And he will have big money behind him. We're talking right. Chinese money, global money, big mm-hmm. pharma money behind him. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. And so I'll be out. But you've outraised them so far. So far, but you know he can just flip a switch and have you know a million dollars in his pocket. So, well, well, you still must be a threat to him though if he's actually putting out stuff like this. So that money must not be as effective as he wants it to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly, is Mm -hmm. that a strong liberty candidate who is willing to fight for the people Mm -hmm. can win if you run a solid grassroots campaign. Mm -hmm. And so, um, pie with Priscilla, I'd love to you know get out and meet people in your community Mm -hmm. and get to know people, get them so they can know me and know the issues. And um, what's your website? so. Yeah, Giddings for the number four Idaho dot com. Giddings G I D D I N G S. Correct. Ooh, I'm there. There yeah. it is. So and that's my initial landing page. It's about to get super classy and uh, high speed here in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Would you fix our headphones for? In the part, yeah, I'm sorry. They, um, we 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 don't we will give ear pieces, but we know you don't want ear infection. So you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the other thing before we go, I want people to kind of have an idea of what is the culture of Idaho if you don't win this and we get a lieutenant governor. Let's say that Janice McGeehan wins the governorship and we get Scott, somebody Scott. else, a socialist or a Democrat, inside the lieutenant governor position. What, is, what does that look like for Idaho? What, what continues to happen? Just kind of paint a, a picture of a future for us. Yeah, so that doesn't worry me quite as much if we have a strong conservative governor. Uh, because they're very powerful. Um, okay. A lot of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. What worries me is that if conservatives split the vote in the governor race, mm-hmm. and then we have another four years Brad. Of, of Brad Little. And Without a conservative, strong, liberty-minded lieutenant governor. Correct. So, so Benke yeah. wants to be the governor after Brad Little. Oh, yeah. yeah he does. And so now it's just, it's, it's just pure communism. That's what, that's what wow. it looks like. If Brad Little gets elected... Again, it's, and yeah. we get it, Becky, then we got It's communism with a Republican veneer. <laughs> it's just faster and uglier, like birth pains. Oh! Which, so... We, I don't want to know what that baby looks like. It's ugly baby. I don't want to know what that baby looks like. Go ahead, Gabe. I was just going to say, you know, um, a lot of uh, most people, um, the common citizen just wants to go to work, wants to raise a family, wants to be left alone. Um, it... But with that comes lack of engagement. Yeah. Um, I experienced that here on my run for county commissioner. Um, how, how do you in, think about getting a local community engaged and involved? How do you get that grassroots campaign to happen? Well, thankfully, I think the government is making it happen by requiring that all mm-hmm. your healthcare workers get shots, you know, by requiring your child to wear a mask when they go to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, these mandates are firing up those you know that quiet majority Mm. 
And um, I think just encouraging folks to get plugged in and they're doing it by listening to you guys. Like you guys are doing it, you're living it. Mm -hmm. And we're just seeing this fire of truth grow here in the Moscow area. And and that is, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. When, when you get off the show, you need to call Janice McGeehan um, and, lament together that you guys have made it through the cross politic um, <laughs> gauntlet. gauntlet yeah. <laughs> the first time Janice came on the show, it was like yeah. she did, but against which, everybody which one else. Hit me? Yeah, she did, but she's come back on like three times. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. been so, a G to be honest with you. Yeah, and, she has. And, and so, wishing sure. both of you guys yeah. the best. Give your website one more time. Uh, Gettings for Idaho.com, the number four. Mm. Go there, find out more, donate. She's up against Big Pharma. I and know, and you don't want that. You don't want that. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank really you. appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. We appreciate you very much. If Thank you're you single, guys. get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>